your patient may be newly diagnosed with multiple myeloma and return to your care. How knowledgeable are you, if you're a PCP, about this cancer and the treatment, which is not traditional chemotherapy? You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to a special segment focusing on cancer. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson, your host, and with me today is Dr. Brian Dury, an attending physician in hematology at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles. Dr. Dury's clinical expertise is in multiple myeloma. He is the Senior Advisor for Hematologic Malignancies and the National Program Director for Multiple Myeloma and Related Disorders for APM Oncology. His many years of research have earned him a place in who's who in America as well as the best doctors in America. And today we're discussing new treatments in multiple myeloma. We're very glad to have you here with us, Dr. Dury. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here with you. Tell us to begin, how does multiple myeloma typically present? Well, the classic triad that many of us are familiar with is the presentation with low back pain in the presence of anemia and in the old days, an elevated sedimentation rate. But things have changed over the years, and at least one-third of patients with myeloma these days are picked up when they have no symptoms at all, when they go in for a regular checkup and are discovered to have a mild anemia or a slight increase in protein level on the chemistry panel or some other minor finding that leads to more detailed investigation. And so onset of the disease is much earlier these days and it puts a much greater emphasis on the diagnostic skill of the initial physician seeing the patient. So that may be the primary care provider, correct? This is the primary care provider who now has a lot resting on their shoulders to follow up on these changes, get good testing done, and then make appropriate referral as necessary. So what should the first steps be in the workup? Well, the first point to keep in mind is that myeloma is not just a disease of the elderly. We are now seeing myeloma in even teenagers, but it's not rare in patients in their 30s and their 40s and their 50s. And so the first point is that if a patient has low back pain and might be attributing this to some exercise or jogging or something like that, this may not be the case. And even a younger patient could have early myeloma. And so the first point is do the diagnostic testing that may be necessary to find out what is causing persistent low back pain or even pain higher up in the back so that don't ignore persistent pain. Follow up, go beyond x-ray, get an MRI, get a CT scan if necessary. And the same is true to minor changes in blood test results. Is there an elevation in uh, total protein? Get a serum protein electrophoresis. Is there some mild anemia? Try to figure out why is that anemia there and get uh, additional testing as necessary. So would you say is it often missed or misdiagnosed or diagnosed later than it should have been? Yes, this unfortunately is a frequent comment to patients calling into the International Myeloma Foundation hotline where they may have questions and may have concerns about what was happening along the way before the diagnosis uh, was reached. In fact, there is a recent patient who was in the news. This was a firefighter who was at the 9-11 site, Ground Zero, back in September of 2001, and he was heavily exposed to toxins. He worked at the site for close to six months. Five years later, he went in to see the doctor in November of 2006, and he had some minor changes, 
and blood work, a little bit of anemia, some different things like that. And uh, it wasn't clear what was going on, but no follow-up was carried out. Subsequently, in February of 2007, he went in and at that point he had developed kidney failure. And so some minor changes were not followed through and this poor firefighter ended up with stage 3 myeloma several months later. And so we tend to think that this shouldn't be happening today, but it's still happening. So it crosses all age groups, unlike what I was taught in medical school, which was that it was a disease of older people. Yes, this is a crucial point for broad awareness. This can affect younger people. And so this testing, this follow-up is not just for the older man who's beyond 65, who was the classic patient that we expected in the past. How minor might the laboratory abnormalities be that you want to work them up further? I guess you're suggesting persistent pain for one and then accompanied by anemia? Anemia or an increase in the protein level or presence of protein in the urine. Obviously, you don't want to go overboard with testing. The first thing that you would do would be most likely to repeat the test. But you would repeat the test right away and see, is this a consistent elevation in the protein? And if it is, even if it's a minor elevation in protein, total protein on the chemistry panel, just above the level of normal, it's worth getting that serum protein electrophoresis. It's not a really expensive test. And believe me, it's terribly important to get the diagnosis early. So why has multiple myeloma been so hard to treat? Well, I think that partly because it has been diagnosed late, but even in more recent years where we do, in fact, I don't want to give the wrong impression, a lot of patients are indeed correctly diagnosed early in surveys done through the International Myeloma Foundation. We find out that about 30% of patients are diagnosed early and are getting started on treatment. But until recently, we were relying on older types of chemotherapy that have been available for 30 and 40 years. And these drugs did just not kill myeloma cells. They could reduce the number, but not get rid of sufficient to produce a lasting impact. If you're just joining us, you're listening to a special segment focusing on cancer on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson, and I'm speaking with Dr. Brian Dury, and we're discussing new treatments in multiple myeloma. So, Dr. Dury, tell us, what are some of the factors that go into choosing a treatment for multiple myeloma? The treatment paradigm for myeloma has changed dramatically. Since the year 2000, starting actually in 1998, we now have three new drugs which have come into the treatment paradigm. These three drugs are thalidomide, Valcade and Revlimid most recently. And these are a different type of therapy. These are targeted therapies, biologic therapies, there are different words are used, but these are, are not chemotherapy agents. And they are controlling the disease more frequently. For example, the newest one, Revlimid, when combined with dexamethasone, will produce at least a partial response in over 90% of the patients who start treatment. And so we have now transitioned to a point where we have therapy which works the vast majority of the time. How important is it to achieve higher level responses? Is there a longer remission if multiple chemotherapeutic agents are used? Well, this is perhaps the $64,000 question currently. The idea of achieving the highest level response with chemotherapy is really part of the old paradigm for myeloma therapy. 
we used the VAD chemotherapy followed by uh, auto stem cell transplant and tried to have as long a remission as possible. However, the new paradigm is more like the story that we have seen with Gleevec in the treatment of, of chronic myelogenous leukemia. In, in the case of myeloma, we have Revlimid, which is an oral agent which can produce response in over 90% of patients. If you continue to take this drug along with steroids by mouth, remission can be achieved and can continue to improve over six months to a year. And this can be maintained for several years with maintenance therapy. And so we are transitioning from chemotherapy, not immediately to cure, but to chronic, where you can maintain a remission for several years at a time. Now, is there a plateau phase with some of these chemotherapeutics? Do you believe in stopping them for a while and going back, or should the patient be maintained? Well, this again is an important question that we're trying to answer. It seems that it is important to continue with treatment for at least a year to 18 months with these types of new agents using Revlimid or thalidomide or the intravenous Velcade, where it's a little little trickier to use the Velcade as a maintenance because it's intravenous, but you would continue that for 12 to 18 months, and then we don't really know the added benefit of continuing chronically with therapy or perhaps giving a treatment-free interval, which is very attractive to the patient, and then reintroducing the therapy if the protein level is increasing again later. Tell us a little about thalidomide. I think that's a very interesting drug. It was ostracized appropriately for its developmental effects in embryos, but it's made a revolutionary reappearance. I've given it before by compassionate plea for wasting an HIV disease. Well, what's its role in multiple myeloma? This agent, thalidomide, was really what started this revolution in the treatment of myeloma. And it's an interesting story. It was brought back into the management of myeloma through the group in uh, Little Rock in Arkansas. And it was based upon the plea of the wife of a patient who had gone through every kind of therapy and actually contacted Professor Judah Volkman, who unfortunately recently died. He was the research scientist in Boston who investigated angiogenesis. And he had discovered several drugs which seemed to shut down angiogenesis and impact tumor growth. And so this patient's wife contacted Judith Volkman and said, do you have any drug like that that shuts down angiogenesis that maybe could be helpful for my patient who's relapsing here in Little Rock? And he said, well, I don't know, but maybe you could try thalidomide. And that was the start of the story of how this drug with such a dark history was given to patients. Unfortunately, this lady's husband did not respond, but the next patient who was waiting and also needed a new treatment had a very dramatic response, and this was the start of the trial. That's fascinating. Do clinicians understand from your experience that multiple myeloma is treatable? I think that this is a very crucial perspective. I think that there are several important things right now. One is for physicians to know that these new drugs are available. Revlimid, Velcade, and Thalidomide. And if there's uncertainty, I think it's particularly crucial that they refer and get a second opinion. I think that this is extremely important for a newly diagnosed patient. So if you're uncertain, please don't hesitate to get that second opinion because you need to be aware that the perspective, the future for patients with myeloma has changed. It's not a death sentence anymore. There can be long survival. There can be remissions of five and six years, and then 
subsequent remissions. I have patients alive 10, 15, 20 years later who have had several remissions or may have been in, in remission for a decade or more. This perspective of the good outcome needs to be transmitted uh, to the patient. So it's kind of like prostate cancer. You may live for a long time and be treated, and you may actually die of something else. That's exactly right. No, I don't want to imply that's true for every patient, but increasingly it's, it's occurring for a significant fraction of patients where the disease can be controlled, it can become chronic, where they can be treated with intermittent therapy. They might receive thalidomide and then if that's not working, they might get Velcade and then Revlimid, but each one of those might contribute a remission of two, three, four years. Thank you so much for being our guest today, Dr. Dury. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity. We've been discussing new treatments in multiple myeloma. I'm Dr. Shira Johnson. You've been listening to a special segment focusing on cancer on ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. To comment or to listen to our full library of podcasts, visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we welcome your comments.